0: Hello, this is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Krenitsa, the Well, a podcast series about topics of interest to Ukrainians around the globe. Today is Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. This episode is produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a newspaper published in English in the U.S., For the global Ukrainian community since 1933. Our guest for this episode is Anna Cirilli, who is principal of St. Nicholas Cathedral School in Chicago, Illinois in the U.S. Welcome, Anna. How are you? Uh,
1: Good morning. Um, I'm doing good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah,
0: thanks. Thanks so much for joining us today. So to start off with, uh, I'd like to get some information about your educational and professional background.
1: Yeah, I um, went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison for undergrad and then received my master's in education uh, leadership at the University of Concordia here in in, uh, River Forest. So I taught for 12 years in Chicago Public Schools I took some time um, to explore my, my heritage, and I taught English in Italy for two years after that, from 2012 to 2014. And then uh, when I returned, the reason that I had left teaching was because I knew that I needed to get out of the classroom, and it was time for me to move into administration. And so I did about a year of networking and, and interviewing and landed here at St. Nicholas Cathedral School in 2015. And I've been here since then.
0: So I'm very curious. Uh, We talked over email about your heritage and you mentioned that your heritage is Italian with some Irish, but no Ukrainian roots. So how did you end up at a Ukrainian Catholic school in Chicago?
1: (laughs) I'd like to say it was God. He had a plan. Um, But I, you know, one of the one of the things that the board of directors recognized was my experience living in Europe. And that I would have an empathetic sort of, um, you know, idea of how to manage the population because it is different the the styles of living, right, and the ways that ways that Ukrainians do things versus how things go here in the United States. So just mannerisms, um, and and things like that. So they recognized that I would have sort of a, a history of that, or. A knowledge of what to possibly expect, so they appreciated that. Um, and so, and I and I do think that my experience living in Italy has helped me sort of navigate some of some of the things that have come up in terms of um, just just ways of living and and ways of dealing with, dealing with things here in the United States for the Ukrainian population.
0: So, can you give our audience some history about Saint Nicholas Cathedral School?
1: Yeah, so this school was built in nineteen thirty-six by Ukrainians, uh, for Ukrainians. You know, they wanted a place for their children to learn. And and so they built this school. And then they there was an influx of students in the 50s. Um, and so they built on like an additional building, the building, what we call our main school building. Uh, and 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 so that we could house at that time there was up closer to a 1,000 students. (laughs) You know, today we're at 200 students. Uh, The school, the population of the school did go down um, because, you know, historically, this has been a school for just Ukrainians. Over the years, since I arrived in 2015 and the the principal for me tried to diversify the population a little bit while holding on to the culture. uh, The population of the school at that time was closer when I arrived to one one thirty five one forty, and as I said today we're up at two hundred. So we we before the pandemic our population student population was at one hundred and ninety one, uh, close to where we are today. So uh, there's been a little bit of a roller coaster in terms of enrollment, and you know we've done everything we can to maintain. Um, and, and and grow the population. Uh, we never anticipated, however, that uh, this last boost in enrollment would be due to uh,
0: a war. And what percentage of your student population has Ukrainian roots?
1: Pri- prior to February, you know, I would normally tell people about 80 percent of the student population, you know, was either first generation, recent Im- immigrants, or had a a grandma or someone that was born in Ukraine.
0: So let's talk about the newest wave of Ukrainian refugee children who have arrived at the school. Reading an article about the school and you and they mentioned in the article at least one family had come from San Diego. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering was has there been a steady stream of Ukrainian refugees from San Diego or are they coming from various places?
1: Right, so we've seen a shift in the ways that people have been arriving. Originally, they were coming, you know, in, in early March, they were coming through Poland and they had already had possibly a visa in place or a, a means to get here. For the students that started to arrive in, in April, those students were coming through Mexico and they were arriving in California. And then flying from there to to Chicago. And then over the summer, that sort of stopped. And it was the United for Ukraine was bringing students and families in through that program. Which I basically, I think it's just like an expedited uh, way for them to apply from whatever country they're in to be able to get into the United States. So they're able to come from... Uh, we've had students come from like Czech Republic, Romania, Germany, Poland, like all the surrounding countries, and they're they're able to come directly from there. Um, and then I, I would say that's typically still the case today.
0: And what are some of the unique challenges that you have faced teaching refugee children at the school?
1: Right. So we didn't anticipate sort of the daily hiccups that that happen. Uh, I guess there's no way to really anticipate that, you know, we did our job well when they first arrived. Uh, We we made sure they had everything they needed. And we wanted to just provide a safe and welcoming environment. That was our mission today. What we see is students. They might break down uh, in the middle of the day for something, you know, that we didn't anticipate. Like, for example, we had a Veterans Day assembly a few weeks ago, and one of the gentlemen that was here had a granddaughter in our pre-K class, just in the three-year-old class. And she was explaining, this is my grandpa, and, you know, she was saying it in Ukrainian to her friend. Uh, who is a recent arrived student, who's only three. And, and the little girl just started crying. And she said, you know, my grandpa's back in Ukraine. So it's like little things like that. Um, even when like with three-year-olds, you know, um, you just don't anticipate that moment, right? And so we find ways to react in the moment to support the children and 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 make them feel safe again, welcome and and try to give them hope that, you know, that that someday they will get to see their grandpa or grandma again. Additionally, we see sort of uh, like a tension between students. You'll see an argument arise over something so silly as, you know, uh, whose pencil's whose. <laughs> you know, and those are sort of typical things you see from kids, but it's a little bit more exaggerated this year. And, you know, and we, so we see a little bit more kicking and hair pulling than we've ever had in the past.
0: And do you have any sense from the uh, families that have come why they chose St. Nicholas in Chicago, as opposed to somewhere else? You know, for example, New York city has St. George school, both a grammar school and a high school. So why did they choose to come to Chicago?
1: I think it's the tie, you know, they we, we've heard that, like, they know someone in the village that, you know, moved to Chicago. So a lot of people that did come didn't have a direct tie to Chicago, but they knew someone that had come, you know, years ago and and had family here or that was successful here. I think it's the hope that they can find a place to work and to live and have a somewhat normal life. Uh, so. Coming to St. Nicholas was almost like second nature, because as soon as they land, they know that this is the sort of the main hub for Ukrainians arriving in Chicago. Obviously, there's other schools in the in the area that have accepted Ukrainian students as well. Um, it's they probably just weren't able to take sort of a humanitarian approach that that we've been taking um, and trying to fulfill supporting these families with helping them find jobs, helping them find places to live and to furnish their apartments and things like that.
0: So, is this a formal program that you provide to the families of the children, uh social services if you will?
1: Formal program meaning the humanitarian efforts? Yes. No, it's uh it's called God's work. You know, we 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 we're called to the mission and and we're doing what we think is the right thing to do. We know that sometimes our job as educator, edu- educators doesn't stop with the pencil and paper. It, it goes into the lives of the children that we serve. And if that means helping the parents find jobs, you know, that's sort of what we do, especially in Catholic schools. Um, so we've found that as sort of our new mission and making sure that the ultimately that the kids, that their families are feeling supported as well. Um, outside of the school,
0: and I understand from another article I just read that uh, Saint Nicholas is also providing after-hours ESL programs for the families. Mm-hmm. And how 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 has that been going? It's been
1: going really well. So that was a program that was brought to us through the Chicago Bulls. Their community relations program um, has. You know, I I talk to them almost daily about ways that we can support these kids and sort of uplift them. Uh, And then so what that came up in one of our conversations of like, we really want to be able to help these parents. You know, we just don't know how to give them language lessons. Our staff is maxed out. You know, what can you do to help? And so they reached out to the Chicago Literacy Group. Um, And so, you know, they've been providing letter uh, lessons for the parents twice a week for two hours, and they've extended that. It began in uh, June or July and has gone on since then. So people not just from our school have been able to attend this program. And the parents have found it really helpful because it's tailored to sort of their direct needs. Um, So we're very fortunate for the partnership and the support that we're receiving from the Bulls.
0: Anna, do you get any sense from the parents as to whether or not they're going to consider staying in Chicago permanently or whether some of them plan to go back to Ukraine?
1: You know, that was probably one of the hardest things to accept going into the school year. Typically, going into a school year, you know, you're, you're pumping it up, you're excited, you're getting the kids excited. And once we heard that parents... Um, we're, we're hearing stories from their kids of like, well, you know, this is actually sad for them because it's more of like a stamp of, we don't know when we're going back. Right. Um, so there are, I'd say half at least, uh, feel like they aren't going back. You know, they're committed to staying through at least this school year, uh, and are already, I have a few people that I know are already planning uh, for next school year. Um, I think that's what they feel like they need to do so that they feel ready if if they're caught in a situation where they are here for another school year. But we do have some students, for example, right now that are out today because um, they are in Poland trying to uh, renew their paperwork that maybe has expired
0: And are you aware of other social service support networks in Chicago that help these families from Ukraine?
1: So I know the United for Ukraine program has been something that supplies some sort of support. Uh, You know, typically I might send people to the council general's office for support. Uh, If they need sort of moral support, we'll send them to our churches. And our churches have also been very supportive of helping the The families, you know, find work or find find a community of people so that they that can support them. Uh, Self Reliance Foundation is a foundation here in the in the community that's helped them. Also, I think they're doing English lessons and helping them get their bank accounts set up and stuff like that. Um, And they're giving them also some resources of how to find housing. So it's it's just been a huge push within the community to find ways to set up ways for these these families so that when they arrive, they, they feel supported.
0: Unfortunately, we're just about out of time, but I did have one final question. Sure. Are you anticipating new arrivals from Ukraine over the winter see- season, given the situation in Ukraine right now?
1: Put it this way. The doorbell and the phone haven't stopped ringing. We unfortunately feel like we're at capacity in terms of what we can manage successfully. Um, So we have a wait list and we started that wait list, you know, in in September, actually, August, because we, you know, we're at 75 students um, and that, that brings us to a population of 200. So when you do the math, you see that you know, almost half of our student population is a recent uh a recent arrival from Ukraine. And it just in order to best support them and make sure that they're successful while they're here, and we want to make sure we're doing this right. We're we're focusing on these 75 students and and helping them long term. You know, if it means educating them again next year, that's what we're gonna do. And so if when we can, we'll look at our wait list and and allow, you know, pull people off there and invite them to come in and join our community. But unfortunately, that's been the hardest part about this this mission and helping these and the students and families that are arriving is is telling the ones now that that we unfortunately have reached our max.
0: Anna, if anyone in our audience would like to donate to St. Nicholas, where can they go online?
1: They can go to uh org. Uh, or stnicholascathedralschool.org. Either one of those will direct you to a donate online panel, um, or they can also call the school at 773-384-7243.
0: Anna, thank you so much for joining us today on Creditia.
1: Thank you so much for having me and for sharing the story of St. Nicholas Cathedral School.
0: I have been speaking with Anna Cirilli, who is principal of St. Nicholas Cathedral School in Chicago, Illinois, about their efforts to accommodate Ukrainian refugee children at the school and to help their families as well. And this episode has been produced for The Ukrainian Weekly, a podcast series about topics of interest to Ukrainians around the globe. This is Mike Burek, your host and producer of Karinitsya. Until next time, that's all for now.